0: Hey ladies, welcome to Speak Life Project with Lex. I'm so glad that you stopped in. This is a space where we talk about all the things from real life topics, daily struggles, and most things that people don't want to talk about. And we're going to dive right in. So what I want to talk about today is 10 attributes of a godly woman. And this will be part one, but we are in the month of February, the month of love, the month of love, right? Every time you think of February, you think of that. And so I thought that this was fitting because there's so many of us that are either married, dating, single, and we can always we can always lean towards what God is wanting us to be as a woman of God and what that looks like. So I thought that this was very fitting. And it would be fun to just talk about different attributes that the word of God says that we should be as part of our design as a woman, as a godly woman. And I don't know about you, but every time I hear that godly woman, I'm like, yes, like, that's what I want to be known as. That's what I want to be called as a godly woman, a woman of God, not just, you know, to look like the woman in the world, but to look like a godly woman and what he says that who he says that we are as a daughter. So. Number one, I put a woman of the word. So number one, the first godly attribute or first trait of a godly woman is a woman of the word. And so if you go to Psalms 1-2, I'm just going to throw some scriptures out there. And I'll probably have some sort of graphic, or something that you guys can save with more scripture. But I'll throw a few out there. In Psalms 1-2, it says, his passion is to remain true to the word of I am meditating day and night on the true revelation of light. And so who doesn't like or notice a woman who's in her word? Because you know, the scripture that talks about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you're putting into you, whatever you're consuming, whatever you're watching, that's eventually going to come out. And so a woman that's in her word You're going to be able to tell that she's been in her word because she's going to begin to look like Christ. She's going to begin to walk in the the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. She's going to begin to have the fruit of the spirit that's evident. The fruit in her life is evident because she's been in the secret place, putting in the work with with, uh, getting to know who God is in her life. And the more that you're in your word, the more you reflect who God is. Because the word is a reflection of God. And and so you should be so in love with God and so in love with this word that when you look in the word, it's a reflection of you and who God is in you. And so I wanted to put that as the number one trait of a godly woman because you can't be a godly woman if you're not like the one that created you. And in today's society, it's so easy to conform to the culture. And we know that, In the word, it talks about how we should not conform to the culture but be renewed so that we can begin to look like who God has created us to be as women and not like the world. And we know some of the characteristics of a worldly woman is a woman that gossips, a woman that does the opposite of spending time in the word. She's very carnal, selfish, cares about her, um, is self-seeking all those different things, wants to fulfill the lust of the flesh. But we want to be the opposite of that because we are called to be higher. We're called to be holy. And if you're a daughter of God, you're called to impact others around you. And you can't impact those around you if you're looking just like the world. Because as a leader and as someone that's trying to pull up people to where you are, you have to be able to overcome those things to be able to spot it in them and to help them overcome. And so getting in your word is a foundational thing that we should all start with. That's like elementary, meaning like we should all be in our word. I shouldn't even have to sit here and tell you that. But if you look at statistics nowadays, it says that most people don't even read their word. There's pastors that don't even read their word, which is so crazy to me. And if you can just get that and and have a a discipline to where a self-discipline to where you're diving into the word, getting an understanding through the help of the Holy Spirit on how to do that and what that looks like, you'll begin to see your life transform right before your eyes. And I know that that for me has helped me. And in the past, I wasn't as consistent in the word because I didn't understand, but I've been asking Holy Spirit to help me understand. I've been getting other resources to help me understand the word of God. And it's been changing my whole life. It changes my perspective on, on my life and my purpose. And when I'm not in the word consistently, I can tell the change in my mood. My family can tell, my husband can tell. And he's like, You haven't been in your word and it's so evident because your nature doesn't look like Christ and we should be walking in the nature of Christ as a, as a born again person, we should have the mind of Christ. And so I could not shout this out any louder than to be in your word. That's the number one godly attribute of a woman or a godly trait. And also when you are in your word for the ones that are single or dating, that if you want to attract a godly husband or a godly man, then you got to be in your word. He's going to be able to tell that if you're in your word or not. And I know that we're all working out things and and working towards things. And so this should be on your list. Number one is to be in your word. And I think that I'm going to do something in the future that, Gives out more tips on what that looks like to be in the word more and some ideas and ways to study because there are ways to break down the word to be able to understand. And so my recommendation to you to to get started if you're not consistent in the word is to just read a chapter a day and to do the SOAP method. So, for example, SOAP means... The S means scripture. So write down the scripture that you're meditating on that you, that stood out to you in that chapter. Then the O means observation, write out your observations, anything that you notice in this, in the verse that stood out to you. And then the A means application. So through what you observed in that scripture, what can, what ways can you apply that to your life now? And if you don't know, pray. Pray. I always ask the Lord to to lead me and to help me to understand the words that I'm reading and the word before I even start reading. And then when I'm trying to apply it to my life and have an understanding of what it means, I pray that as well. I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to understand how I can apply this to my life. Help me to make it tangible so that I'm not just being a hearer of the word, but I'm being a doer of the word because that's what God wants us to do, not to just spectate and to to fill ourselves up but not do anything with it. He wants us to do it the work as well. So that's always my prayer. I'm like, okay, God, I wanna apply this to my life. Show me how I can do that. And then the last one is P. P stands for prayer. So how can you turn that whole thing that you observed through that scripture, the application, now how can you pray that into your life? And I noticed that when I started to do that, that's a simple Bible study method. And that's something that you can definitely take the time to do. It could take five minutes or you could take 30 minutes to do it. It depends on how in depth you want to go. But that's something that whether you're a mom, a college student, someone that's working all the time, multiple jobs, whatever your situation is, Anyone could sit there in their car, at home, in the bathroom, wherever you are, and take the, a few minutes to do that soap method. And next thing you know, you'll, you'll start to realize that you have a hunger for more of the Word of God because the Word of God is alive, ladies. It's alive. And so when you read that, you're literally f- like filling and feeding your spirit so much so that you begin to feel full. And then you get to know who God is in your life. And then all the things that the enemy tries to throw your way, you know the truth. The Bible is the truth and you begin to know the truth. And so anything that's a lie, you can recognize it right away because you know what the word says, what the truth says. And also as you begin to fill yourself up with the word and getting to know who God is, that's the whole point of the word is to get to know who he is. That's our manual for life. That helps us make decisions. That helps us to have wisdom in our life to make the right choices. And so when you begin to know that manual in and out in the, the, for your journey of life, then you'll begin to see how the trajectory of your life begins to shift and change for the good. So that's number one. Number two, I put a praying woman, which that goes hand in hand with the Bible. So Getting in the word of God, getting to know who God is, is one thing. And then praying to God is a whole nother subject. I wanted to put it together, but then I'm like, no, those are two different things. Cause you could read the word, but not really pray. And then praying is a whole nother element because there's praying in tongues, which is stirring yourself up. There's praying for others. And then there's direct communication all day long with the Lord when you're needing to make a decision you know what the word says and now you you could pray that word over your life. Um, If you are going through something and you don't know what you're going to do or you don't know how to pray, you begin to speak in tongues and pray. And then the Lord and the Holy spirit begins to show you what, what to do and what to pray specifically. So if you don't have your heavenly language and you don't even know what that is, you can find it about more about it in the word, but if you don't have it, you can have it. You can, you can have that heavenly language and, It's, I know for me, when I began to speak in tongues at the age of 13, it changed my whole, it it brought my relationship with the Lord to another level. And so we should be praying as women. And for me, I like to pray first thing in the morning, because if I don't get that time in, I can tell like the difference in my mood. My family can tell the difference in my mood. As women, we are we set the tone in the house. And so if you have an attitude, everyone else is going to have a snotty attitude, and it just makes life unenjoyable. But if you can get that time with the Lord and you get refreshed and renewed in His presence, then you're able to change that atmosphere in your home. And then as women, we're also the gatekeepers of our home. But if we're not praying and we're not listening to what God is saying to us, then we're not going to realize what's coming in and what's coming out of our home. And so as the gatekeeper, we're meant to pray and cover our families in prayer, prayers of protection and, and crying out and interceding on behalf of our family, right? We're meant to, and if you don't have kids, you're, you're doing that for your family. You're doing that for your friends or people that the Lord has put in your life for you to disciple. Right? So, This can apply to any age, any woman of any age of any status or any wherever you may be in life. So when you pray, it brings the word of God alive in your life. And it also creates a a intimacy with the Lord, a relationship that's close knit with the Lord because you're talking and communing with Him as if you were talking to anybody else. And He directs you, He guides you, He shows you what you should do and when to do something and when not to do something, when to speak and when not to speak. And there's been so many times that through my relationship with Christ and being able to just have a communication with God, that I've He saved me from so many situations, sticky situations that I could have ended up in. And then there's times when I try to do it on my own. And those times that I didn't talk to God about it first and I try to do it on my own ends up being messy. And if I only had to, had taken the time to see what He wanted me to do, it could have changed the whole, that whole situation and, and, and saved me from even having to get into that. And so that it's so important to pray. If you love somebody, you want to have, communion with that person if you love somebody you want to talk to that person when you love somebody you you can't go a day without wanting to see them or talk to them right so it's the same with God if you truly love God and he's really real to you and you really see him as a father and you have this father-daughter relationship then you're gonna want to commune with him and if you don't then there's probably some things in your life that is a blocking you from that from that feeling or from that hunger and that thirst, or B, this is like a whole nother conversation, but the way that you see your earthly father is the way that you see God. So maybe your perspective of God isn't the right perspective of who he really is to you. And so that's a problem too, but as you read the word, you begin to see who he is, his nature. You begin to see the nature of God. And then it changes and and breaks down the perspectives, the false perspectives that you may have built up from, seeing certain things in your life. And so when you, that's why I believe that prayer and reading the word goes hand in hand because when you begin to see through the word, then you begin to, that relationship with God begins to change for the good. So pray, pray, pray. A girl that prays, man, can conquer the world with God because there's been so many times where I didn't understand a situation or I didn't know how it was gonna work out. And so I'm like, okay, God, I am putting my faith to the test. I'm trusting in you fully. I'm surrendering what I think or how I think that situation may be. So I'm going to pray about it. And sure enough, I was consistent with my prayer. I was persistent. I kept knocking and seeking and knocking and seeking and asking, not giving up. And every time I would do that, I would see that prayer answered in a specific person with a specific a specific situation and the situation and the outcome ended up being 10 times better than what i would have done or the outcome that would have took place if I tried to get in the way. So prayer is so important because it can literally move mountains. Prayer builds your faith. Prayer gets you closer to God. It, It gets you to the place where you can hear his voice, hear from him and what he's wanting. It's just amazing. And I couldn't imagine not having that. I remember there was a time in my life I didn't really pray and I didn't really get in my word. And I'm telling you, like it made me be carnal and I was animalistic in some ways, but the minute that I started to be consistent and have that self-discipline, it started off with me having to make it a self-discipline. And then it began to like, I want to, and now it's to the point where I'm like, I have to be in the word. I have to pray. I have to talk to my father. I have to get alone and get to the point where I'm communion, communing with him, because if I don't, I'm not the same person. And so, Maybe right now you're in that place where it's just a self-discipline where you're making yourself do it. But I'm telling you, even if it's just five to 10 minutes of getting that time in, you will notice the difference. You'll feel the peace. You'll feel refreshed and renewed, ready to conquer the day. Sometimes I don't even talk. I just literally close my eyes and I just rest in his presence. And I'm telling you, even if it's five minutes, I feel so good. And I'm ready to do all the things. And I'm not feeling tired and slothful and unenergetic, depressed, anxious, whatever. When I choose to, to put him first and get to know him and read his word and study what he's saying, it just makes me a whole better person overall. So that's why it's so important as a woman as a godly woman to start with those two foundational things because when you do that, you'll begin to see that you be you the Lord will show you areas that you need to work on, blind spots that you have. Maybe you don't even know you think you're a godly woman, but you're really not. And so he'll begin to show you the areas that you need to work on. And it just is a is it makes us a better person for everyone around us. So one is a woman of the word. Two is a praying woman and a gatekeeper of the home. And then the next one, number three, is a loving, I put a loving, gentle woman. Why? I believe that's a trait of a godly woman because nowadays in our culture, our culture presents a woman as like this hard, tough, like mm, manly, I don't even know what the words are, just hard, hard exterior and part of the design of God in a godly woman is someone that's meek meek doesn't mean that you're weak it doesn't mean that you're passive it just means that you're you understand that you're not the one that has to fight or do the specific things that God can do kind a godly woman is kind gentle um she knows that she's loved by God she's a daughter of God And he made us to be beautiful and delicate and not like so hard. And the reason why we can get hard to that hard place, because I was that type of person, is that you build up walls and you build up walls so strong and so high that nobody can get through. And it creates this hard shell, this hard exterior, this hard heart, because you're in reality, you're trying to protect yourself from getting hurt. And so To get to that place of being a godly, gentle, kind woman, you have to put the walls down. You have to let God in. And when you begin to trust in God fully, you don't need to have those walls anymore because you trust him and you trust him with your relationships and you trust him with your friends and you trust him with the future situations and things that could take place. And you trust him with your future. And when you can get to that point, you don't need to build the walls that's so high that nobody can see over that wall Nobody can get through to you. And I, I realize that with the gentleness comes a vulnerability. So usually a godly woman that's gentle and kind, they're usually vulnerable and real. And when you're vulnerable and real, you don't have those walls up because a lot of times people that have the walls up, they don't let anyone in. And then a lot of times they're fake and they're masking something. They're trying to cover the real them. And we want to see the real you. We don't want to see this fake hard hurt person, we want to see the real you and who God has created you to be. And so to be a godly woman, gentle and kindness is a fruit of that, you know? Those are some some fruits of the spirit to have love, right? To have gentleness, kindness. And when you recognize that in yourself and in other people, it shows that you've been spending time with the Lord because He's gentle, He's faithful, you know? And it's so it's so hard in society because it tells us the opposite where it's like you need to be hard. You need to be strong. Like, yes, we do need to be strong. But I'm saying like to the point where it's all about you and it's not. And it's all about who God created you to be for this time, for this season, for such a time as this. So being kind and gentle is beautiful. And I think that there's like a saying right now, the soft girl era. I'm like, yes, because I've been there, done that with the hard exterior, trying to act hard. And it's exhausting because that's out of your design as a woman. And so when you're out of your design as a woman, it it brings the striving. It brings the exhaustion because you're trying to be something that you were never meant meant to be, never designed to be. So, When people begin to say, oh, you're so soft, you're so gentle, I literally just smiled because I'm like, wow, Lord, I'm beginning to look like you. And that's the whole point. And it was just like a compliment that really spoke to my heart because it showed the growth and the transformation that's really been evident to not only myself, but those around me. And that same thing can happen for you. It could be evident in your life if it's not right now. And if you want to get to that place, Pray, see what the Lord says about a woman and what we're supposed to look like, a godly woman looks like in the word. And then surround yourself with women. Surround yourself with women that are feminine, that are godly women, and you'll begin to see that they'll buff on you. And slow by slow, you'll start to enjoy being gentle and kind. That doesn't mean you're weak. That doesn't mean you're a pushover. That doesn't mean that you don't allow people to walk over you. It just means that, you are displaying and representing God's love in a beautiful way. Number four. Let's see. Takes care of her house. I put that because you can go and read the Proverbs 31 woman in Proverbs 31. And that is in there. The reason why I put that is because I always keep going back to society, but that's the opposite of a godly woman. And nowadays, society wants you to always be outside of the house. And I'm not even saying if you have to work, because some of us have to work. I have the privilege of being home. Some women have to do what they got to do, and I get that. What I'm trying to say is, before you do all the things, say you have to work a full-time job, or you have to do it every once in a while, or part-time, whatever that looks like, or maybe you are home all the time, as a woman, we're meant to take care of our homes. We're meant to manage the home, make sure that if you have kids that your kids are taking care of, your husband's taking care of. If you don't have a hubby or you just have a husband and not and no kids, you still have to take care of the space that you're in, your home. So maybe you have a small home because it's just you or just a room, whatever it is. Practice taking care of it if you don't have a home yet and because you, you will one day. And then if you do have a home, are you taking care of your home first before you go do the other things and work and ministry and taking care of other people? Are you taking care of what God has given you? Are you being a good steward? A godly attribute, a godly trait of, of a, a woman is to be a good steward of what God has given you in your home. So that looks like, you know, being clean, taking care of the, the cleaning and keeping your house as clean as you can. I'm I'm a mom, so I understand that. You literally, I will clean, and ten minutes later, the house is a disaster again. And I'm like, Lord, you just saw what I did, right? But that just means like taking care of the things in the house, making sure that your people are fed. That's a big one too, because nowadays most women don't even cook. And I'm like, okay, I may not be the best cook. I think that I'm decent. There's obviously people that are better than I can be. Most times I really don't enjoy it, but that just sounds crazy to me, like women that can't cook. And I'm saying that because... It's something that our society, like we can go get food whenever we want. We can go out and go get it. And then also we're not learning. Like because women are not cooking, they're not teaching their daughters to cook and then they grow up not knowing how to cook. So that's been something that I've been passionate about because I'm like, okay, I can at least cook the basics. And so my heart is to show others, this is how you could do the basics to chef up a meal that's gonna um, provide nutrients for your family. So if you begin to shift your perspective on that, On taking care of the home, your home is a safe haven. Your home is a home, a place of peace for your family to come in. And then for you to extend your arms to others, for them to come in, to point them to Christ, to show them a love of God, to be hospitable, to, to shine that light into others, into your family, because your family is your first ministry. Your family is the one that you should take care of first before others. And so if you are not taking care of your home, nourishing your family with healthy good meals um and then of course if you have if you're well off you can get you a chef I'm not saying you have to be the one but I'm saying like as a woman we should be able to to do that for our family and be a good steward of what God has given us which is a place to live some food to eat you know, the saying that says a woman takes a house and makes it into a home. A woman takes ingredients and turns it into a meal. Like we're meant to take things and duplicate it and to make it better than we found it because that's our design as women. And so that's a godly trait that I wanted to really write down because I feel like that's really important and something that we can all aspire to be as we're... Looking, trying to look more like Christ. And then, last but not least, number five, I put devoted to her husband. So this is for the married women. And I put Ephesians 5.22 because it talks about that. So you can go look that up. It talks about how we're called to be devoted and supportive of our spouse and to submit to our spouse. That word today in society is like a bad word, Submit. Because somehow, some way, we have not learned the right definition of what that really means. And what that really means is being a supportive helper for our spouse. Our spouse and letting him lead. So our spouse is supposed to be, our husband is supposed to be the person that leads. That's how God designed the husband to be in a family is to be the head of the house and when someone's the head of the house that means that they're the ones that that's leading the family and so having a wife that thinks she should be the one to lead and not support and help her husband causes a two-headed monster two-headed monster is not going to get along it's just going to be fighting and and just like chaos and god didn't design our household to be chaotic So there has to be one head and he created the man to lead and to be the head of the house. So what that looks like is ultimately he has to make the decisions, but with Christ being the head, the ultimate head of the household. But he is supposed to be the one that makes that decision with God. So that's why it's important to have a godly man because you want to be able to trust in his decisions that he's seeking the Lord for the best interest of the house. And so submitting to that looks like, okay, I trust you. Like for me, I know that my husband is gonna make the right decision because I know that he's a man of God. I know that he loves God with all of his heart. I trust him so much so that if there's something in me that's like, I don't know if I agree with that, but even if I disagree, I still know that he's gonna do what's best for us. And so I'm like, all right, I believe that you hear from the Lord. I said my part, but if you still believe that we're supposed to go in this direction, I'm gonna submit and yield to what you are hearing from God. And because of that, God has blessed our marriage. Like he's blessed our lives and we're able to make decisions that are in the will of God because we're being obedient to what he's saying as a couple. It wasn't always like that in the past when I first got married, I didn't understand what, what submission looked like. So I was like that, that woman, that was the two-headed thing. I'm like, no, we need to do it like this. And he's like, we need to do it like that. And I'm like, no, you ain't going to tell me. We're going to do it like this. And it caused so much chaos in the home that it was just unenjoyable. I know it was unenjoyable for him. It was frustrating for me. But when I began to read the word and find out what that looked like, then it changed my perspective. When I started to read the word and understood my design as a woman, As a godly woman, then it changed my perspective and I had the revelation of what that looked like. And so I want to encourage you out there because in our day and age, in this culture, they tell us to be the ones that makes the decisions, to be the one that gets to do what we want to do when we want to do it. That's not godly. We're not our own. And I'm not even talking uh, talking about from a marriage perspective. I'm talking about from a daughter, father-daughter perspective. When you are born again, you are to do what God wants you to do because he's created you for a purpose on this earth. And so it's our job to be obedient to what he's asking us to do. And so what that looks like is, okay, Lord, I want to go do this. I really want to go do this. I feel like this is my path, but your word says that you know you have my best interest at heart. Your word says that My way may may seem right to me, but it leads to destruction. So I'm not going to go to what my heart is saying to do. I'm going to go to what you're telling me to do. Because when I can do that and when I do that, you begin to shift my heart and my desires to match yours for my life. And so... When you begin to get that revelation for your life and what that looks like for you, then it'll be easier and easier to submit not only to your husband, but to God. Because we're called to submit to Him, to God. And then when you have a man of God and you trust in God, you're going to submit to your husband. So my encouragement for number five, which is being devoted to your husband, is to, if you don't, if you don't, think that you're at that place where you could submit is to seek the lord and begin to get closer so that you can hear his voice if you're not at the place where you can you you know god's voice find sermons look in the word and i'm telling you he'll begin to speak to you and it's not o- it's not always an audible voice because a lot of times people are like oh i've never heard the audible voice of god i've heard the audible voice of god one time it's a still small piece a, st- a still small knowing in your spirit that you can get in your gut, there's a a peaceful thought that comes to mind. It's little ways that he can talk to you through that when you're reading your word. He can speak to you in different ways. And so as you're moving the ball forward to getting to know him, you'll begin to recognize his voice. Then you'll be able to trust him and then you'll be able to trust your husband that he's going to make the right choices. But our job as as a wife is to be devoted to our husband, to respect him and to help him, and to help him with the vision for our family, for your family, to be able to lead us in the right way. And so I'm telling you, as you get closer to God, it becomes easier and easier, and it wouldn't, and it won't be a problem anymore. It's be, it's not a problem for me, and now it's not exhausting. It's not exhausting that's the word it has not been exhausting before it was exhausting trying to be the one to make all the decisions or get my way and now it's like restful it's peaceful because i get to just submit my will and my ways to who god has appointed to do that in the household so that was number five and i'm going to say them all over again so that you can remember because it's so important as a godly woman to have these traits to be able to look like Christ and then reproduce that into others because we're called to disciple the next generation. And in order to do that, you have to be able to du- duplicate that. And if you're not a godly woman, you don't want to be duplicating yourselves to others. And then they have that same, the same traits that you do that's not godly. That's not what we want to do. So number one is a woman of the word. Number two is a praying woman. Number three is a loving, gentle woman. Number four takes care of the house. And then number five devoted to her husband. So I hope that through this, through this episode that you were able to be encouraged to further seek the Lord and, and have him show you who you are in him, but also to write these traits down to be able to start to move towards that if you're not there yet. And if you are, to begin to duplicate that in others and continue to be faithful with what God has put in front of you. So I want to pray us out. And so, Lord, I just pray for each and every lady that's on here. I just pray that through these godly traits that I mentioned, Lord, I just pray that you would begin to show them the areas that they need to work on and then the areas that they need to strengthen to be a godly woman because you've called us all to look like you, to walk like you, to talk like you, to reproduce ourselves and others. And, Father, I just pray that you would give them a hunger and a thirst for more of you to be able to look like the woman that you've designed them to be in this day and age, Lord, for such a time as this. And I thank you for all the the stories and all the things that they're going to be able to tell as they draw near to you. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to speak life always. and I will catch you next week. Bye. (laughs)